songs. Hello, friends. Welcome to Why Mommy Drinks. This is Betsy Stover. Today, I'm joined by my guest co-host, Amy Albert. Well, hello there. <laughs> hello. <laughs> uh, every every time I feel like I start the show and then I'm like, how do I start the show? How does it work? <laughs> I can't recall. It's a weird muscle memory. And if I think about it too hard, I forget how to start it. Yeah. Uh, hello. Well, uh, <laughs> speaking of podcasts, with us today is the host of the DILF podcast, Dad I Like to Friend. It's Kevin Selden. Hello. Hello. Thank you for having me. Thanks for being on the show. Uh, so I have uh, three kids. They are all boys. I have a six-year-old, a nine-year-old, and an 11-year-old. Amy, what's... Your situ- What's your kid's situation? I'm going to make my it happen. My kid's situation, yeah. it's working, actually. I think it's getting in there. Thank um, you. My, ki- <laughs> my kid's situation is I have a six-and-a-half-year-old little gal, and I have a now freshly four-year-old little boy. Yes, oh. happy birthday, Charlie. Charlie, turn four. Oh, and what about you, Kev? <laughs> What's your situation? Kid's situation, sorry. I, uh, my kid's situation... I have a three and a half year old going on um, teenager. Um, oh, three teenagers! Uh, yes, <laughs> that's that's all all I have. Um, we it took us. We'll get into it. Took us quite some time to get pregnant, so we are very happy with what with what we got. But <laughs> lovely. You know, we, we were on a bouncy house the other day, and I told him to be gentle, and he told me, "All right, bossy boots." Yeah. You know, so bossy boots. I love that. <laughs> That's yeah, so fresh. <laughs> Did he make My that daughter. up? <laughs> Sorry, go on, Amy. I mean, I don't use that term, so I, I would life. imagine he. As know. someone very bossy, no one has ever accused me of having bossy boots, so this is new. <laughs> bossy boots. <laughs> what were you going to say, Amy? Oh, my daughter, now, like, she's, you know, getting sassier and sassier. And the other day, she goes, <laughs> Why don't you just poop your pants like you always do? <laughs> wow, that was a comeback to something I asked her to do, and I was like, "Cool, yeah." Well, Wyatt, Wyatt went to poop the other day. He's potty trained. He went to the bathroom to poop, and um, and then he was like, "Dad," and he called me in, and I was gonna wipe him, and Mom walked in, and whenever Mom walks in, she's the winner, and so she's like, "I want Mom now," and I was like, "Well, I'm in the middle of wiping." He's I like, mean, "I want Mom to wipe," and he and winner. I'm we're using winner. She has to wipe his oh. butt. She's winning. <laughs> well, what I mean, <laughs> I hear that, but. As a dad, I mean, we'll we'll get into that. But as a dad, it still feels like rejection. Oh, you know, what I mean, like we were having this moment. He called me, but um, yeah. but long story short, I'm a germaphobe, and I've oh. had to deal with a lot of that stuff. But I'm like dealing with wiping the poop, and he moves to shift because he doesn't want me up his butt, and it's like poop, and I'm like, I can't, I gotta go. Yeah. And so, <laughs> I walked out of the room, and he he looked at my wife, and he said, "Fucking dad," <gasps> and we were both like, "What? What?" That is so delicious. I love that kind of shit. When my kids swear, I think it's so amazing. Oh, what did you say? I like pitch my wife. Well, we I I always pitch my wife because like we can't laugh. You know what I mean? If you laugh, <laughs> this guy is a ham. Like yeah. I watched the June Raphael episode, uh-huh. and you know when the she said like the kid's dick was out, and she was like, "Good comedic timing, but not appropriate." Yeah. You know what I mean? Like <laughs> it's like I want to be like your delivery. 
was genius. Yeah. But you can't do that. But the second you tell him you can't, all of a sudden it becomes the thing. So we like, so Laura and I looked at each other and we were like, well, I think, I don't think you're using that word right. I think you mean flipping. Is that the word you're trying to say? Oh, that's And it was good. like, at least he could use it comedically, but then that's use a different word. You know? That's good. I laugh every Love time. <laughs> we should have been telling Odie this whole time that he should be saying flip you to his brothers. Uh... <laughs> oh, well. Too late now. Oh, Wait. oh well. <laughs> is, he, is he still being easy? Still on the potty mouth? Oh, he's like, yeah, because yeah. he knows that's the <laughs> nuclear option. Like, he knows if he's sure. like, fuck you, it blows up yeah. the room and we're like, oh, they, know, they may not even know what it means, but they know what the energy is. Yes. They seek energy more than anything. Yes. Yeah. And as the youngest of three boys, he knows how to just be like, fuck you. Like, he, he says it with such. <laughs> He says it beautifully. <laughs> oh my as god! A, I as a fan just... of the F word, I, he does say it beautifully. Fucking mom. Fucking I mean, I love it too. I get it. Yeah, I, it is such a. Uh, fuck, fuck. You know what's funny? Wait, we word. don't curse in our home. Oh. We really don't. I know. I don't. It, it was because of a YouTube video that a buddy showed us at his house the other day. He heard it. But we don't like. We're not like priests. We just don't tend to curse very much in our home. Yeah. And like, I just think it's so. He just heard us laugh oh, at something. Yeah. It was that candle lady from Wisconsin. You know that YouTube clip. No. With some can. She was doing review. Oh, it's very funny. Is it real? She's, Is like, she really these, doing reviews of candles? Oh, she's really doing. <laughs> she's really mad because she wanted these two candles from Bed Bath and Beyond, and they were not available. And she got in a fight with Jen from the. The oh. candle place at Bed Bath in Wisconsin and like yes. and she just goes where are my fucking candles and it was just like why well, had heard that from the other room <laughs> playing with this friend and it was like we didn't even know we heard it oh boy <laughs> yeah we don't we try yeah, not yeah. to swear at our house we we were so good we had a really long run there where we never swore and then I don't know what happened oh we are not saints by any way we do a lot of shit wrong but I'm just saying like cursing is like we just don't curse that much no I was like what <laughs> you know I, I curse constant my, my husband is from um, the south and his parents didn't curse and they would say things like God bless America and I would be and I'd be like out to dinner with them and I'd be like fuck no martinis like such a wreck the other end of it and they're like oh she's this Yankees colorful you know <laughs> what state is he from what state are they from he's from Memphis Tennessee no. yeah. she was gonna be like Beverly Hills yeah, he's from, he's from Van Nuys. It's, it's very now. strange. They have a weird uh, Southern accent for no reason. Yeah. I've been trying to think of what what to talk about this week, and um, the the thing that's honestly been really breaking me has been the total pigsty that I live in. Um, it is so dirty, so messy. Um, my kids have been complaining that. <clears throat> they want us to paint the walls because when we moved in, all of the walls were tan uh, or beige, um, which is a bold choice to make for another. Um, so uh, <laughs> I wish that I could go back in time and be like, we will paint these walls white before we move in. But we didn't. So we moved into this beige house and uh, my kids hate the beige walls. So they want us to paint their walls. And we've been here so long. We've been here since 2013. So, like, yeah, we should paint some walls. Um, but uh, in order to get to that point, there's so much, <clears throat> like, 
tidying that has to okay so I, I feel like there's like sort of this order of things that needs to happen before I can paint the house inside and uh it starts with just tidying like we just got to tidy up all these piles of of shit there's just nonsense everywhere we got to go through yeah. them and and put them where they go and get rid of things and that's always a big thing and I, I also just a great excuse to do it yes right? absolutely yes yeah um so then in order to uh but then also i need to clean the house before we kind of get into it and and also just the normal maintenance of our home we, i need to tidy and i need to clean and our house is so dirty uh we have this hallway in on the in, like between the bedrooms where so we got a, a new bed and we have this beautiful bed headboard uh that we got as a wedding present and i we don't have a queen size bed anymore so now this bed frame has just been kind of in our hallway and um and then when my son got my son complained he didn't want his loft bed anymore so i got him a new bed that was on the ground like a normal bed oh i love loft beds i think they were great but he hated it and it was squeaky and bleh. So he's got a new bed now, but that meant we had to move this futon out of their room. So now this futon is uh, also in our hallway, leaning against the bed frame. <laughs> and then there are also like just, you know, the the uh, detritus of, of our life. So like there's stuffed animals and like a ruler and uh, just like rando papers. And a ruler, like you know? ruler. And so for just to, to like deal with that, then I see all these dust bunnies and I'm like, Jesus, like we just, we're so buried under like stuff and dirt and dust. And uh, and I am just so incredibly overwhelmed by all of that. And when I start to think about doing it, all I want to do is take a nap. Uh, yeah. and, uh, and then I end up just kind of not doing anything. You can so. take a nap in the hallway on the futon. <laughs> <laughs> it's such a fucking mess. My house is such I'm, a mess. Uh, I understand. So that's, yeah. that's what's been breaking me, man. It's yeah. a fucking pigsty in here. And I need to maybe, maybe just pay to have someone come and like do a deep clean. Yeah. But... But then also there's but then all that these runs piles into the whole problem stuff. again. Yes. Yeah, exactly. Because then you're like the deep cleans the same thing as the painting, and then you're in the same shit situation yes. where you have to like, yeah. So I don't know what to do. I I have work to do. I have a podcast to do. I don't know how to find the time or energy to to sort through all this shit. And maybe maybe I need to make maybe I need to send my husband away during the day. That might help. He's home yeah. all day and just like his presence his presence here is <laughs> is like a distraction and maybe if i was like go do your work in a coffee shop maybe that would help i don't know yeah yeah um so wait so you well, mostly it's first of all i looked up what detritus means <laughs> while we were talking it means waste or debris of any kind, guys. Yes. I'd never heard that word before, so <laughs> there you go. Um, <laughs> I was like, what did she say? <laughs> so, yeah, that's a great word. I was really um, good at that part of the SATs. You were? <laughs> yeah, that part. <laughs> yeah. 
Uh, I'm like mm, the I math mm. part, not so much. <laughs> yeah, I'm like people are gonna be like, oh, that co- co-host is very stupid. If I tell people what I did online, so I will. Oh not. yeah, don't say uh, your score. That's like telling everyone how big your dick is. That no, I have a that. huge dick. My dick is huge. <laughs> it's like when people ask you to say your IQ, like the like your social. I have a yeah, I have an eleven year old with a very high IQ, and people have asked me what it is, and I'm like, I don't feel like that's my place to tell you how big his intellectual dick is. Uh, you know? <laughs> what an interesting thing to ask you. What? Um, that is weird. Hey, what's his IQ? Like, who does yeah. that? That's such a strange. Strange it's right up there question. when people ask you how much you pay per like for your rent or your mortgage. It's always like, oh, this yeah. feels weird. Yeah. I don't know. Yeah. Yeah. I I will tell everyone what my IQ is. Okay, just just DM me. All right. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not afraid of my brain dick. So. I, am I the only one who doesn't know what my IQ is? Is this like a common number that everyone knows? No, I don't think so. I don't. Betty's think like, so. yes. Well. Why don't you? Know this? <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I've taken an IQ test just on the on on the um, computer interweb on the interwebs, yeah. and mm-hmm. I know that right. the school that I went to when I was a kid, you had to take an IQ test to get in. So wow, I know it was a private school. Uh, and they would just be like, do all these tangrams and we'll uh, time you uh, kind of stuff. Uh, Did you grow up in L.A.? No, I grew up in Minneapolis, Minnesota. Uh, My wife. Grew up there as well? Uh-huh. <gasps> How exciting. I wonder if we know each other. We probably know people oh. in common. And Amy lived in Minnesota for a while, too. I did. Oh, I did. It's we cold were there. It's real cold. Where did you and your wife meet, Kev? She she came to um, L.A. after she uh, was a TV news anchor. And then she grew up in Minnesota in St. Cloud. Yeah. Actually, yeah. And then. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Nice there. And then she (laughs) moved to, um, to, what's it called? South Dakota (laughs) to be on the TV Uh, news. You say South Dakota? Yes. (laughs) Almost the, 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 um, and so, and she was on the TV news there and in Minnesota. And then she needed a change, and she came. Who her sister lived in LA, and she came for a visit. And we actually met in a yoga class. In my, we lived in a That's big so apartment um, right by the uh-huh. Grove. We met in a yoga class. I had a, a neighbor was a celebrity yoga instructor, like Britney Spears, like yoga instructor. And, um, and I convinced her to do like a friends and family class so we could all get a class, you know, once a weekend. And she showed up in the class and she later on wrote an article for the LA Times called The Douche from <gasps> Yoga Class. And I was like, this, I could not be farther from that. If anyone in the relationship is a douche, it would be you. And I cannot believe that you told the world that I'm the douche from yoga class. But I mean, her justification was that like I, I talked during it and I, didn't care much for the stretches, and I was like flirting, and I was, was you know, the, late all the time. I was like, it was my backyard. Was the point of the of the article though, like, and I fell in love with that douche from the OK. Yes, that's, it was. That's it was good. <laughs> Ellie does like, just write about this random douche. Yeah, that's cool. That's her column, random douche of the week. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> and I hate him. The end. <laughs> what? <laughs> I remember. I, that's really funny. 
funny. I had a similar, not, I had a similar type of reaction to my own husband before we dated. I was like, oh, okay. Like, take it down and not. Yeah. Like, you are full of beans. I don't know. Um, yeah. So, <laughs> Uh, wait, does she? I love Kevin that she came to LA from from South Dakota, from Minnesota. I assume possibly to do more of what she was doing, which is uh, television broadcasting. It seems like this she would was, be the worst she, place yeah. to do television broadcasting because she was over okay. it by that point. Ah. She was like, she yeah, she was not pleased with. Um, she just thought it would be a different life. She thought she would like be on the war lines in, you know, foreign countries. Oh. Like, and she was like reporting on stories that she didn't care, you yeah, know? Yeah. And it, it was, I think it broke her heart a little. Like this just childhood dream that she achieved was not what she always wanted. Oh, yeah. 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 Oh yeah. What, what kind of stories was she doing that she found not interesting? Was it? Like, I don't want to speak for her. I just know there was a lot, you know, but there were a lot of things I think that she just, um, I think she was in her early 20s and they, like, literally she was her cameraman. She was her sound guy. She was her reporter. And she was doing uh, a lot of, uh, some interesting, but a lot of, like, cat in the tree. You know what I mean? And she just, I think a lot of times um, it just didn't have the excitement that I think she was looking for it to bring, you know? (laughs) Like that external excitement. And I think she just kind of wanted a fresh oh. start and came to L.A. And then she met the douche oh. from you. Man, you got to write that sitcom. Yeah. I love yeah, we, I actually like, did write that. She's like, I thought being a reporter in South Dakota was going to be exciting. And here it is. It's just a cat in a tree. And someone lost their wallet. And it's, yeah. Uh, when she hears your impression, you're going to be the douche from, from, from the podcast. Yeah. That she like, why is she doing that accent on me? <laughs> Oh, what, was I doing an accent? It wasn't on purpose. That was just my voice. <laughs> <laughs> the last couple of years have been uh, trying. So let's do a mental health check-in. How are you? Really? And what do you need right now? You know what could help? Better help therapy. Therapy doesn't just have to be talking about your feelings or your messed up childhood. Therapy can help you get tools to help with motivation, depression, anxiety, stress, relationships, family stuff, whatever you need. We are all struggling right now, and you deserve to start feeling better and be happy. BetterHelp is customized online therapy that offers video, phone, and even live chat sessions with your therapist. So you don't even have to see anyone on camera if you don't want to. It's more affordable than in-person therapy, and you can start communicating with your therapist in under 48 hours. When I tried it out, I was really impressed with how quick and easy it was to connect with a therapist who was right for me. So join the millions of people who are seeing what therapy is really about and see if it's for you, because you are your greatest asset. We gotta fill up our own cup before we can fill everyone else's so that there's enough of us to go around. This podcast is sponsored by BetterHelp and Why Mommy Drinks listeners get 10% off their first month at betterhelp.com slash drinks. Again, that's betterhelp, H-E-L-P dot com slash drinks. 
Amy, tell us, tell us what's uh, what's broken you, please. Well, um, my daughter tried to poison me. Oh, so that's, oh my God. that's fun that's... and topical. I was just learning that some people uh, at some kind of Russian uh, Ukrainian thing got. Uh, so she probably just saw it in the news and thought she'd yeah, try she was, it. She was inspoed. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, um, my <laughs> so we have those. Um, like those sensory, bo- you know, the, you know those like sensory boxes that sometimes you get. I get them from Michaels, and like they have like one has like sand, and it's like it's a construction site, and then one has is like the ocean, and it has like those. I don't know how to describe these, but oh. they're like the squishy. They look like oh. a row, like fish row almost, but oh. they're different colored. Do you know what I'm talking about? They're like no. beads, like squishy beads. Yeah. Oh, they're like boba, kind of. Oh, German boba. Yes, they're like boba. The German, so I'm a little germaphobic myself, but but the idea of those beads grosses you out? Oh, the sensory. It's for less, for me, it's more the uh, sensory, like having to touch it. The texture of it you know? is like creep, creeps you out. Like I do, I do all the dinners now. I cook dinner and I'll be like, wife. Wife, can you put the raw chicken in the slow cooker? Okay, I'm good. I got it now. Yeah. <laughs> I look, use like a spatula. Yeah, fair. Uh, Wait, so Amy, issues. I'm having Keep trouble going. like even visualizing. <laughs> I thought it was one thing and now I'm uh-huh. confused. So it, okay. explain what these boxes are. These sound cool. Well, yeah, they're so, th- I mean, they're just at, um, at Michael's. Uh, they have like these different craft boxes and it's basically like, like a rectangle sized like container i don't know what the inch like a diorama uh, no it's like i mean not no oh. it bas- it's just like a container that has like this whole scene in it and <laughs> I'm, I'm using my hands and now this that does podcast. sound like a diorama <laughs> okay, <fun. laughs> right right and, and so it's just it's just a container to keep it fuck okay well is so it a, is it a box <laughs> yes it, but without it ha- a lid no, there's a lid. It okay. co- I'm just, I'm just, <laughs> I'm just telling you what it right. comes in the boxes. Okay, but okay. like the the boxes are basically okay. like they're these like sensory scenes essentially. So oh. like one has like you know that kinetic sand shit. One I has kinetic, kinetic sand. sand in it, and then like a bunch of little signs and like a thing to make like patterns in the sand that look like Ooh. you know it's a, a construction site. And then another one is like space, and I don't know what the fuck goes on with that one. But I got <laughs> the ocean one. Yeah, it, mm-hmm. yeah. <laughs> ew, that's a real sensory discovery. That would be such a bummer. Okay, so. <laughs> So um, the ocean one had like those blue, squishy boba type beads that right. are like feel like wet, even though they're yes. not. And um, and so you know we got them for my son, and and he liked it for six fucking seconds, and then yeah. gave zero shits about it yeah. after that. <laughs> um, but then, <laughs> but then, um, but my daughter, Orby. Orbies. Are they called Orbeez? I think so. Those little squishy, squishy things. Yeah. Okay. So, the, are you googling that or you no, just I pulled, pulled that, out, that of out of my memory castle? Your wow. mom, mom <laughs> mind, my, my memory castle. <laughs> so, um, so 
you're not supposed to eat those, <laughs> turns out. No. Uh, those are bad for you. Don't put them in they your body. They seem like tapioca balls, but they are not. They're boba. not. No. They're not. Um, and so my daughter was fucking around with a handful of them. And she she was like, Mom, look. And like brought it up to her mouth like she was going to eat it because that's hilarious. I love that bit. When both of my kids, when my son with his marble is like, Mommy. <laughs> just so I, I scream. Yes. I'm like, yeah. Uh, yeah. I wasn't going to do it. Well, you were acting like you were. Yeah. And guess <laughs> what? Choking sucks. And yeah. I would <laughs> panic. It's not yeah. comedy. I it's took a class fun. on what to do, and it was 11 years ago, and I don't remember any of it. So you better not choke. <laughs> That's what I want to say. That's on my to-do list with my with my toddler to retake CPR class. I'm like every day. I'm like, please don't let this. I, don't let this bite me. Yeah, you. no. I mean, I'm the same way. I am the same way. Just like smacking objects out of their hands that could pos- possibly choke them. <laughs> I'm like that hot dog isn't cut in half. And then I slam. I'm a, my poor fucking kids, man. So. So, um, so Bo was pretending to like put this handful of b- poisonous balls in her mouth. <laughs> no. we'll just keep no. It's hard when you're a parent and a comedian because you want oh. so much to just go on a riff. <laughs> Sweetheart, so, all balls are poisonous. Keep the ball out of your mouth. <laughs> Trust me. Trust your mother. So, um, <laughs> They're all so, toxic. <laughs> so, so, you know, this animal, and so, and I was like, I was like, Bo, do not, do not, that's not funny. Don't mess. And she was like, okay, mommy. Then I would ever do something. She's in the kitchen and she was like, mommy, I'm going to make, um, I'm going to make a, you a sandwich. And I was like, thank you. That's so sweet. She's never offered to do that shit before. And I was like, look at my... Oh, no. Look at my gal. She's growing up. So then she... Heartbreaking. You're so so happy about it. I'm like, this is great. She's maturing. She's... She loves her mother. Her mother. (laughs) She loves... She wants to do something. She's speaking my love language. (laughs) She's like... Exactly. Oh, she's so sweet. So she brings me in. (laughs) It's a lovely active service. Yeah. Yeah. So she brings in, it's on a paper plate, and she cut it in half, and she even put a little orange. She can't peel the fucking orange, but it's there on the plate. And it's very sweet. And then she goes, here you go, Mommy. And I go to take a bite of it, and then she goes, wait, look inside. Like, and I look inside, and it's... She saved your life. I would like to reframe this story. <laughs> no. No. She did. Okay, fine. But she... So she opened it. Actually, no, that's wrong. She was like, my, my idiot mom tried to take a bite no, of a no, no. sandwich oh, with crap right. inside that's, it. Wait, I that's wrong. Let me... No, I did take a bite of it on the corner, oh, but no. I didn't get one of the oh, little no. balls. And, and she watched me <laughs> do it. Uh, and so she watched me do it. Okay. Now I'm team Amy. Yeah. So, and th- so I took a little bite and I didn't think anything. And she was like, oh, look inside. And that's when I opened it. And all these <gasps> fucking blue balls were in there. Jeez. And I was like, boom. And I got so mad. And she was like, oh, no. Oh, 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 oh. You know, I'm sorry. Oh, 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 I didn't. And I'm like, this could have really hurt me. 
And she was like, oh, sorry, 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 sorry. Like, but like, she thought I was going to be like, <laughs> look at you. You're a prankster anyway. Let's go yeah. get some ice cream. I was like, this is, I don't want you to eat it because it's bad for you and also for other human people. Yeah. Oh my so God. that was like her trying to to poison me. <laughs> I was glad that like, I <laughs> What happened with the sandwich after? Because I feel like someone else is going to walk in and be like, oh, sandwich. Oh, I just gave it to my husband yeah. and he ate it. He's, he's in the hospital, but he, he'll, he's going to be okay. No, no. But she, I was glad that she showed remorse right away because if she didn't, I'd be like, oh. Oh, you tried to kill me and you're a psycho. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> you're insane. Yeah. So I was glad that her reaction was like, oh, oh, no, oh, no, oh, no. Um, but yeah, so that's that's what broke me. Oh my god! Oh, and I thinking that it was a like gallon of vodka after that. <laughs> <laughs> oh my daughter! She made me a sandwich. She's getting mature. She loves her mother. It's filled with poison, and she watched me take a bite. It was so crazy. Yeah, I wonder so. how poisonous those Orbeez are because they are. They do look like food. <laughs> they yeah, do look I like. Mean, Fish eggs. Yeah. <laughs> they do. <laughs> do you like some fish eggs, kids? Mm-hmm. Maybe it's because they, yeah. Well, I, all I know is that my daughter thought it was hilarious to almost poison me. Yeah. And I can imagine that those things are probably non toxic, but they're also like, let's not put them in our bodies. No, that's not for your body. Not for your buds. So <gasps> yeah. I just realized so those things when they come, they come dry and they're like tiny little beads and then you get them wet and they get yes. they get bigger. What Expand. if you swallowed a bunch of them? I'm sure that must happen, right? People must swallow them and then they have to go to the hospital. Because they expand in your wet stomach. Oh God. Oh no. Sorry. Now I'm upset uh, again. That <laughs> could have turned out really bad. <laughs> At least she Gave you wet Orbeez to eat. That's true. You're right. All's forgiven. <laughs> my kids will sometimes make me food. My my nine year old's really good at making sandwiches. He's he's has a flair for it. I mean, That's they're usually sweet. weird, ugly sandwiches, but they're still like <laughs> he made a sandwich. There's not there's no poison on him. Not to brag, yeah. uh, but that's always exciting. <laughs> I'm so jealous. No one's tried to poison you? Jeez. (laughs) I didn't say no one's tried to poison me. I just said he hasn't tried when he gave me a sandwich. I'm sure. I walk in sometimes in the the morning. You know, uh, the morning is my wife's time with with, with Wyatt. Wyatt McLean. He's like a Jewish cowboy. Wyatt McLean. Wyatt McLean. and uh, and basically, she had him on the countertop. I swear he was one and a half, maybe. She had him on the countertop, and he was cracking eggs. Oh. She was like, we're cooking together. And I was like, he is one. And, like, maybe he was two. But I was like, uh, how is he cracking eggs? And there's like a huge knife next to him. I'm like, what are you doing here? <laughs> you can tell we like have like a stereotypical like gender role stuff. <laughs> And I was like, what is going on yes. here? And you're watching, and there's like seven eggs, like with the shells, because they like trial and error. He like tries to break it, and like it's everywhere, and it's in the eggs, and Laura like pours it out. And I was wow. like, he's breaking eggs, but he's just like wasting eggs. And I'm like, is this safe? But you know what? I stand by her because 
he can crack it in. Hey. Three and a half. And he can crack an Dude, egg. Dude, oh my egg. God. Watching my 11-year-old crack an egg makes me crack up. <laughs> uh, he just <laughs> takes them and then he like kind of just gently goes like tick, tick, tick. And then he just holds it in his hand and sm- like sm- squishes it. <laughs> yeah. Every- it's like, why did you even do the tick, yeah, tick, the tick? Yeah, the is like, it just barely does anything Ooh. on the side of the egg and then just squishes it. And it, it, of course, explodes. I feel like I still open eggs like that. Just oh, no shit. one taught me. My mom, like, ordered CPK. Like, she did not like that. I'm just learning how to cook. I, like, yes, trying to show him how to do it. And he's like, I got it. I'm not a fucking idiot. And then smash. Like, <laughs> it makes me insane. <sighs> yeah. I know I need future. to teach them how to cook, though. Because they, they can't be like, yeah, I don't want to make them... I, we're getting to the point now with my 11 year old where I'm starting to see like the future like one of these days he's going to leave for college and like then he's going to be out in the world and and then he's not going to know how to do things and also I will be blamed for that <laughs> that's what I'm seeing <laughs> I know I think about that too I'm like dang like what if there's like key things that I'm not teaching you because right. I wasn't taught like I don't know like how to make a dentist appointment like how the fuck do right. you do that I don't know it's like I'm gonna pass my lack of knowledge down to my kids I I was so flippin' sheltered that my, I was very spoiled and I people always joke that I'm an only child I have an older oh. brother that that is its own problem <laughs> uh, that the people would say that when I have an older brother but um, but like long story short, I didn't know how to do anything when I got to Northwestern. Like they were like, and this is where you do your laundry. I was like, excuse me, what do you? But who does uh, it for who you? Does my laundry? And they were like, and I was like, also, Daddy, who will wake me up? <laughs> and they were like, <laughs> it was like I just did it. I was oblivious, and it took me about a week to get over the nervous breakdown and like you know grow up. But it was like, there were so many things that I, I learned so many things in my 20s because I wasn't allowed to do anything. <gasps> okay, yeah. let you that know? be a lesson to me then. There yeah, you go. Like, I got to teach them how to do laundry, how to wake themselves up. Mm-hmm. I'm sure yeah. I'm sure there's other things, but those two, yeah, I, I should probably get on that. <laughs> Kevin, please tell us what has broken you. Tell us a story of it. It doesn't have to be recent either, oh, just because ours were, that's just because we're always here. Yeah. <laughs> um, okay, I will. I will tell you. Mine is a story of a million little. <gasps> speaking of the egg, a million little yes. cracks. Um, so backstory. Um, I uh, I am very unstereotypical when it comes to a lot of the male tropes, which I actually believe are bullshit. <gasps> yes. Um, I think society kind of pushes them, you know, on us, and then people play the part, even though I don't necessarily yes. think they're, they're well, real. Well, yeah, people are going to become um, what you treat them like. So if... Exactly. If, it's like, and that's the dynamic between moms and dads, a lot, a lot yeah. of the shit. But anyway, I have always wanted to be a dad. You know, like some, like girl invited me back to her dorm in college and I was like, would she make a good mother to my future oh, children? Wow. Like I'm, you know, like, and I'm not even yeah. joking. Like I very much have always wanted, you know, my fa- yeah, family. Yeah, you were driven by I've that. I've always been a nurturer, yeah. you know? And um, and I uh, met, I'm a hopeless romantic. You know, I met my wife, you know, when she ran from her past <laughs> life. And, uh, and, you know, I grabbed her and wouldn't let her go. And um, and we could not be more opposites. I'm ex- extremely communicative, you know, empathetic. And she thinks all of that is lame. 
um, you know, she just is this, this follows the the stereotypical male, you know, uh, tropes that again I think are being. Um, but long story short, we at our wedding we wrote the ceremony like a play, and one of the this is tangent, and one of the lines was um, Laura grew up listening to the Beatles and. Um, Bob Dylan and Kevin grew up listening to Boys to Men and Tony Braxton. <laughs> I mean, it's like you know, in many ways, I just feel like uh, I I've always been on kind of a different yeah. path. But we met, we fell in love, we decided to start a family. Could not get pregnant. One year, two years, three years, four years, and it was like we didn't get pregnant till year five. It was never an IVF thing. It was you know, it was just there. My wife is a diabetic. There was a lot of different things going on, but I just, I would, I did not give up. I wanted to be a dad, and I, I think I was a helicopter husband, <laughs> and which put a lot of pressure on her, which taught me how to not be a helicopter dad, That's which awesome. is great, you know. But long story short, when we finally got pregnant, um, instead of reveling in the awesomeness of it, I, um, I just went into go mode. And, you know, I did the registry, I did the baby shower. I, you know, I just wanted to be involved in some way. And, you know, when the baby finally came home, you know, so I heard June Raphael's story. It was, it was a nightmare Cedars like delivery. Mm -hmm. um, and like starting the beginning of our co-parenting relationship, um, basically Laura is Minnesota nice. So she couldn't scream at all the doctors and nurses who were by her, who were stressing her out and claustrophobic. So I like caressed her mm -hmm. face. Um, like caring, gentle soul, like, you know, and she was like, get the fuck away from yeah. me. And the nurses were like, step away, sir. <laughs> and they closed in and I missed him coming oh, out. No. I didn't see him coming out because oh. they closed in around. Oh. Me. But anyway, he was rushed to the NICU and she was rushed to surgery. It was like a disaster. Oh, but we get scary. home and mind you, like my career was very much thriving at this point. All these things I, I had wanted to happen were happening. And um, and I could not have been more miserable. Like, you know, five years of trying to get pregnant and just fighting for something, it'll it'll break you. And my job was all focused on my wife. And as the guy, no one asked me how I was doing. No one asked about my feelings. Yeah. We only talked about my wife's feelings. I only thought about my wife's feelings. I didn't even think about my own feelings. I pushed away my support network because they were all having kids and I just, you know, couldn't necessarily mm -hmm. handle it. Yeah. And, uh, and when the baby finally came out, I, you know, I just was broken. And I, um, and he didn't want me when he came mm -hmm. home. You know, that bond was so strong. I may be kind of the more maternal one in our relationship. And yet simultaneously, that bond is strong. Mm -hmm. They couldn't mm -hmm. break in. And I just felt so rejected. And, and I think a lot of dads, when that happens, I think dads either retreat, mm -hmm. you know, and kind of go away. And then I think the trope happens where the moms are like, deadbeat like why are you not involved do mm -hmm. something but I think it's like the rejection pushes them there or they go to the comedy which we call dad jokes which I think is like the choice they make in order to become relevant in the family and I didn't want to do either mm -hmm. of those and so I was also very broken and wanted to be a dad my whole life so I decided to take uh, an extended paternity leave from the company that I started um, which was a very confusing, like try calling NBC Universal and be like, I'm gonna take a year off. And they're like, excuse me? You know what I mean? Like I had to call my my clients and I had a lot of you know high profile clients and be like, I'm out. And I literally, I turned off my phone for a year and it was very difficult on career, but it was the best decision I ever made. Cause I kind of, I had that time to connect with him 
But it had to be me and him. I always lost if mom was in the picture. Yeah. And um, and and with that responsibility on my shoulders, I could step up and become the kind of man and the kind of dad I, I wanted to be, reconnect with myself. And it was very difficult, but um, it was also very lonely, you know? And I started to feel what I think stay-at-home moms have felt forever, mm-hmm. which was this, um, you know, and, and but, but on top of it, like no one would let me in. Yeah. No mom groups oh would let me in. Every mom thought I was either picking up on them or like a predator, oh like no one would oh. let me in. Like, why are you not at work? Wait, you know? and just really quick, and, like, I found that those new new parenthood, first time parenthood, as so incredibly isolating. Mm-hmm. And I know yes. for me, as just a, a, a cisgendered female in a heterosexual marriage, like there, you know, and I was the primary parent. Like there was no reason, if you know. The, the fact that you were trying to break into these mom groups and stuff like that had to be because I know how hard it was for me and there was nothing stopping yeah. me from being able to break into that except that I was you know a, a weirdo who had always lived in the comedy world and all of a sudden I was thrust into this world of like normal people and uh, mm. didn't know how to communicate to them with them or anything right. Kev you didn't say before what, what was your what was the kind of business that you were in that you took a step back from I ran so I graduated Northwestern I started a social impact consultancy that everyone was like Mm -hmm. what is that you know and um and I just very quickly I I decided I didn't want to wear the many hats that people you know basically I wanted to do multiple things and when you graduate college people are like you could do one thing at this job at an entry level yeah and I didn't want to do that. And my parents were like, get a real job. We paid for Northwestern. Yeah. <laughs> and um, and I just, you know, I wanted to start a company that could make a real impact in the world. Very idealistic. Um, and I, I ended up creating a company very shortly after graduation um, where I merged talent with nonprofits with brands. Um, and it didn't, you know, it wasn't something that was very popular. Nowadays, brands just call a celebrity director. A celebrity calls a brand and they and oftentimes unfortunately they get a nonprofit for for press but we were actually like merging together the roots with rock the vote and wrigley's oh. you know and i was lucky enough to like get connected with um with vanity fair and i produced a concert series and then i got connected with nbc universal and the roots and i and i produced the night before the grammys for a decade and it was just it was it, cool things were going on right but i just wanted to be a dad yeah you know yeah. And um, and then through that, I started writing and I got signed by William Morris and I was not happy. Like I should have been happy. Yeah. Um, and I just couldn't. It was not what I wanted. And it wasn't that I didn't love my company. It was just there was a piece missing. Yeah. So I'm sorry. I got so you when, way off track. Oh, no, please, please, please. So so long story short, I no, had to no, drop, no, no. you know, yeah, clients. No long story short. I'm sorry, sorry. So you, <laughs> okay. where we last left our hero, where I interrupted, inter where I interrupted you. You were saying that you were trying in those early days to to break into mom groups and right. you were feeling very isolated and everyone thought you were a creeper who just wanted right. to have a, a wife on the side. God bless, by the way, that you're like, I wish I had a lady on the side who had a newborn. Uh, like, all right, ladies. All right. Funny. <laughs> It was like, but I mean, even, it was just, uh, you can imagine 
just from a dad's perspective, it's like it's hard and isolating as the when you are just had a baby. Yeah. Right? No one is taking away the fact that it is fucking difficult to carry a baby and give birth to a baby and attempt to breastfeed and pre- successful or not. Like all of it is difficult. Mm-hmm. Um, and I'm a huge proponent of paternity leave. You know, I think it's important not just not for the baby, but for you to bond with the baby and support your wife. Yeah. But that's a whole separate thing. But long story. I keep saying long story short. It's long anyway. Sorry, people. It's going to be long. <laughs> That's the whole um, purpose. But, this whole thing is to tell a long story. Tell yeah. us. Lay it on us. But um, but I, I, it was isolating for moms. But you have to picture for a second what it's like for a dad that wants to be involved. Because you have to fight your way in. Yeah. Well, also fighting your way in with the kid. Because, like, I don't have boobs. So, like, it takes me an hour to rock him. And I would say, you're safe. You're safe, as he screamed in my ear. And I would, and Laura's like, I'll do it. And I was like, no, I'm bedtime. You sleep, I'm bedtime. And, like, I've done bedtime almost every night since he was born. But, like, it's a, sometimes it's a fight, yeah. you know? Those are the, where the cracks started. And it was like she would just pick him up, boob, he's calm, you know? Or, like, there's just this bond between them. And so I decided to, to take the year to form my own bond. And it was beautiful but lonely. And that's why I decided to start the DILF podcast because I was like, there must be other dads out there that I would want to friend. Yeah. And, and you know, and shockingly, it it got more attention than I expected mm-hmm. at first. You know, we got picked up by People Magazine quickly. And it was one of those things where it's like, I think people were shocked to hear from a dad, which I think is weird because there's as many dads as moms in the world. It's just <laughs> not a voice that we hear from. And people don't, when you talk parenting, people only speak yeah. to moms. Yeah. And I think that in 2022, but in this was 2018, so many dads want to be involved. And yeah. I could not believe the amount of dads I spoke to that every single one was like, if I could have given birth, I would have. It's not a choice for me. You know, like dads want to be involved, but there's so much rejection that unfortunately a lot of a lot of men are given the skill set to fight for it. They're they're told to retreat and not express emotion. Right. Go and make so there's money, so many go multiples. Pay. Right. Yeah, exactly. This is lady business. Yeah. You know, and then, and so what I found that was fascinating was when I was home for that year, I found myself as the primary parent, we kind of knew early on that I would take on the mental load, you know, and I was going to be primary. But what I found was that everyone I met, the primary was overburdened Mm -hmm. and the secondary was completely feeling isolated and left out. And I saw it slowly as I realized I was martyring, like my (gasps) wife would come home and I had my phone off and I was with my kid all day and it was like, she had worth because she was bringing in a paycheck and she was coming home and she could talk to normal people during the day, you know, and not get like yogurt thrown in her face. (gasps) Oh my God, I remember feeling so resentful of my husband. You've been talking to other adults. Exactly. Yeah, I I, I was the same way. I would hold it over her head silently. Right, well, what'd no, you say, Amy? Same way. I was like, you can't complain yeah. about shit. Like, I, you know, I was like, <laughs> yeah. so bitter about yeah, it. Because yeah. I've been yeah. in the trenches all yeah. day with this exactly. baby screaming at yeah. me. Yeah. Screaming in the car ride home, you know, for an hour yeah. in my ear. And it was one of those things where, like, I was angry. And it, it took me kind of looking around me and waking up and realizing, oh, my God, I'm the stereotypical, like, stay-at-home mom saying you do everything mm-hmm. wrong. Right. And, and it was like, I wasn't allowing her the space to find her own way. She would do something. I'd be like, you're doing it wrong. This is how we do it. Ah. And it's because I had found my worth through my, you know, 20s um, being like, I, these are my clients. 
You know, like, look at my clients. I'm important. Look mm-hmm. at my clients. And like, this is what makes me important. And it was like, I had to find my own self-worth based on myself when it was just me and the kid. Yeah. And I couldn't rely on work. And my worth was, I knew how to do this stuff. I was I was capable. I was I was helping my kid. I was teaching him how to do mm. certain things. You yeah. know? Do you see my alfalfa <laughs> thing? That's it. Um, Kevin has one little piece of hair that was sticking up. He, he, it's exciting. He looks You're not fabulous. watching video. He looks it's fabulous. exciting. It's very exciting. Thank you. Thank you. Fixing it. Fixing it. Um, he keeps fixing so, it. I'm trying to fix it. It's not working. Um, and so, uh, so long story short, I don't know why I keep saying it. Um, I just could not um, find a way to um, to justify telling my wife, you know, the secondary parent, that they weren't allowed to f- to have the space to find their way like mm-hmm. I had on a daily mm-hmm. basis. Right. You know? So I had to kind of relinquish control and give her the time and space to, to bond, you know, and to create her own bond. Because I was already a little resentful being like, you have this natural bond and I don't, and I finally have it. You're not taking mm. it back from me. Right. You know? And simultaneously, that's this male odd perspective. But then also it was like the stay-at-home de- parent being like, this is my mm. worth. You don't get your worth with the paycheck and normal people and this worth. But it was creating a strained relationship in our marriage, mm. strained relationship in our home. And also I was overburdened and needed mm. the help. Yeah. You know, you always find like the the secondary comes home and you throw your hands in the air and you're like, I've been here all day. I'm out. Yeah. And it's like, no one's feeling joy. Yeah. You know? Yeah. So that was an amazing revelation. And starting the podcast, I found that again and again and again, every DILF that I interviewed, you know, was feeling either similar to me or in the opposite role. Like they couldn't yeah. do anything right. So why even yeah. try? Yeah. And I, they were always uh, rejected as like, get out of here, stupid man. And it was yeah. like, all I want to do is be of service. All I want to do is, is have this baby love me. And I think in answer to the initial question, it's like, as close as we get, if like I do bedtime almost every night, but if mom walks by and he hears her, she's like, can mommy do bedtime? You know, like, and it's that, that has been a heartbreaking thing. I started doing daddy adventures. So it's like, we take the day because after a year I went back to work and I still, I do nights, she does mornings and we find our time. But I, I have really worked with my wife on finding a way when he requests her for her to return the favor that I did during paternity leave to be like, no, no, not saying this is daddy time because what happens then is I become the burden. Yeah, mm. then he resents But instead of you. being like, yeah. no, mommy has things to do right now. Mommy needs a rest. Mommy's gonna go mm-hmm. take a break and, and go have fun. And then I become not like the secondary resort. You know what I mean? And all of a sudden by asking my wife to do that and by slowly but surely like sometimes she would come in well, then I just lost my time. Yeah. You know? And so it was like oh, a beautiful magic tits thing. is here. Great. <laughs> yeah. That's what... I wonder why she never wanted to stop breastfeeding. Like, she stopped breastfeeding at age five. Um, magic tits is my I, nickname, by the way. Everyone calls me. I love it. I like the <laughs> But it was just, it was, it was the, the heartbreaking part was feeling like I, I am primary. I carry almost all the mental load. I do everything in our home and I'm working. My wife is incredible, by the way, and I absolutely love my life. She's incredible, she's hardworking, she's a great mom. But it's still like, she doesn't necessarily understand what mental load is, Mm. which is what happens a lot with secondary. And what I really wanted was 
the goal of, of the Dilf podcast is to attempt to create no secondary or primary, ah. just two parents who are equally mm. primary, but yeah. have different roles, you know? And so the, the heartbreak happens just what I realize now is that everyone deals with rejection from their kid. Mm. But I was oblivious to that, thinking it was just happening to me right. and just happening to dads and resentful of the world mm. for that. And that strained my relationship with my wife. And I think I slowly but surely needed to realize you need your time to bond. And also, once you bond, you need to um, have the ability to say, I need time for me now. Mm. Because by both of us were martyring and no one was benefiting. You know what I mean? Yeah. So by her actually taking time for herself, she was actually doing mm. me a service because she wasn't making me the, the, the layoff, like go be with him. You know what I mean? She was like saying, I need this for me. Mm -hmm. And then I'm like, hey, let's go do something fun. Mm -hmm. You know? And that was a beautiful thing. So that was one of the, the primary motivations was at first in launching the podcast was to find other dads like-minded spirits to know I wasn't alone. But it's become like a podcast for moms. You know, we have more mom listeners than dads because I think at the end of the day, it's become a forum on how to unite Aww. parents. And that's been kind of my big mission. That's wonderful. I know on a comedy podcast, that's a little like, rah, rah, <laughs> No, but, no know, it's but... great. I, I mean, everything I you're saying, I'll... I was like, I remember with both of my kids, but feeling very like, like, what are you even doing here <laughs> to my poor husband who, I mean, is very similar. Like, all he wants to do is help. All he wants to do is 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 participate and make it easier for all of us. And, um, and also being the one who, like, quote, unquote, gave up everything, you know, like, right. um, right. Yeah, and I and the the big difference I would say between with that even being like the secondary is that you know moms like we give up our bodies for yeah. such right. a long totally. uh, such a long amount of time, um, but it's true. Like I never considered my husband would like want to actually. I don't know if he wants to give birth because that kind of sucks. But like the rest of it, <laughs> it's, I don't think I don't think men want. It's it's about the fact that there's this yeah. bond. We're envious right. of the bond. And we're like, yeah. if that's what we have to go through to get the bond, oh, that's what we do. But it's not an option, so. Well, yeah, Unless you're Arnold baby, Schwarzenegger. When a baby is born, <laughs> they don't know that they're separate from the, yeah. the person. Yeah, they think that they are part of the mom, uh, right? Like, it takes them a long yeah. time to understand that they're a separate being. And uh, I mean, how could that? I not... mean, they grew inside you. They know your smell. They know your, you know, your voice, like muted or not. I tried to talk to them all the time. Mm -hmm. It's different. Yeah, yeah. You know, that said, man, when my my sec my middle kid was born, when Ajax was born, he was crying and crying, and my husband got right in his face and was like, "Hi," and he stopped crying and looked right at him oh. with like, "Oh, it was a, it was so amazing and magical." He was like, "Oh." I know you. Oh, like it was amazing. That's so sweet. Oh, I mean, they, yeah, they know. They're definitely no. I think that there are so many stories like that, which is incredible. I think that it's the biggest thing to note is like, for all of us, I forgot what it was. It was the biggest thing to note, and I just <laughs> forgot. I don't know. It was important. Um, I don't know. I don't come. That the, the mom <laughs> has a different bond, ultimately. Yeah. yeah, because they're growing inside of them, and yeah. I mean, and, and, and I think that I, I think that we we I remember what it was is that we we stereotypically 
as a society, this is not on women, as a society, we, you know, we follow the dad memes, we, we make the jokes and we, you know, we've labeled men as a certain thing and we don't realize that we're making them mm. that thing yes. by, you know what I mean? If you hate yeah. the Kardashians, stop watching the Kardashians. Mm. Yeah. They'll be like, I don't know why they're famous. I binge it. You know what I mean? <laughs> like, I think that we have the power if we, if we take that power. And I think that in, especially in 2022, I think there are many, people always go, but you're an exception, Kevin. No, I am, hell no, I'm not. You know, we are the majority, but no one wants to see it. Yeah. You know, the parenting world, which which leads the huh. rebellion. Like, I'm gonna, I'm not gonna mention the publication, but I'm working with a very popular parenting publication right now. And it's, they like eliminated their dad section. They like, they're like, we wanna talk to dads, but they just, they, every article is mom life. And I, love women i love moms like there is no hating going yeah. on here like i was resentful when the baby first came out because i was jealous of that bond i am so far beyond that like if you listen to our co-parenting series like i am all about laura's relationship with our kid i just think it's a joke that we still have to call it moms and dads yeah. and we don't focus on just parents mm. yeah you know? and that's fucked too for for moms because it puts all of yes. the burden on them and it's fucked yes. for dads because it's like no no Parenting's not for you. Get out of here. Yeah, it's like you walked into the ladies' room or something and everyone's like, oh, yes. dad's in here. <laughs> yeah. Exactly. And it's like, I realized by giving my wife the chance to do things her own way, I learned things. Sometimes I was like, I don't like the way you did it. But look, I hated him cracking that egg. And I'm like, there's knives everywhere. He's never touched a knife. He doesn't touch it. He's, he's, it's been sitting by, like, still I put away the fucking knives. <laughs> but it's just like, you know what I mean? Like, yeah. he just, he he knows how to crack an egg. He's comfortable in the kitchen. You know, I would be like, don't jump in the puddles, you'll get your clothes wet. She's like, jump in them. And you know what? I, I love it. You know what I mean? And it's just, you learn things when you give your partner the chance to find mm. their own way. That is such a great way to put it. Lovely, yeah. Cause I, I find myself, well, less so now, but I remember in, in my early days of parenting feeling that way too, of just like, he doesn't do things right. And I don't, you know, it's, I'll just do it myself, which isn't, that's not good for me and that's not good for him. Mm -hmm. And and like you said, it doesn't so give I've him the opportunity statement. to yep. learn and figure out how to do it is himself. Yeah, I'm sorry, go on, Kat. No, 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 Betsy, I cut you off. Like, I couldn't agree more. I hear that more often than I'm, like, we don't give any parenting advice. We try not to on the podcast, similar to you guys. Like, we just tell stories. Mm -hmm. But like, I can't tell you how many times I hear the statement, it's just easier if I do. Mm -hmm. Yep, mm -hmm. and you know what, ladies? You know, it I don't think it always comes from primary, <laughs> and it always keeps the primary the primary, mm -hmm. and keeps them resentful. And like, you know, what I found is the biggest pandemic happening in our world right now, it's a bold statement. It's not COVID, it's a lack of joy in our homes. Aww. Like, and I found this is global. Like people are, they've been locked together and they couldn't be more disconnected. Mm -hmm. I heard you say that recently on an episode, Betsy, something about like feeling like there was a lack of connection. And I feel like so many people are feeling that in their homes. Mm -hmm. And I feel like devices are a major culprit. Mm -hmm. You know, we, uh, like my wife hates it, but we turn off the phones from Friday night to Saturday night. It's not a Jewish thing. It's like, literally, I want to just connect, you know, with her. Yeah. And it's time for Wyatt to be like, let's just be together. No, we're not watching a video. We're together, you know? And um, we play a board game or when he goes to bed, Laura and I just have time to bond. And it wow. it has been an amazing thing for us. And I just feel like it's 
it's a major problem of a primary parent martyring, feeling like the weight of the world is on their shoulders, being resentful of the secondary who oftentimes wants to be more involved. It creates a dynamic and then everyone goes on autopilot because they're unhappy yeah. and there's no possible joy in autopilot. Yeah. So like the solution is stepping up and engaging, which everyone's like, that's too much work. But then there's no joy with that engagement. You know, that's how I got out of my depression from the five years of trying to get pregnant and then actively taking that year to engage. It's the only way mm. I got out. And and I just think like there's so many easy um, escapes nowadays in the modern yeah. world that we all take. We and I don't blame anyone. I'm a, yes, I, I totally get it, but it's not gonna bring us mm. joy, you know? Yeah. That's a great way of putting it. I know so uh, from our Facebook group for Why Mommy Drinks, I've heard so many, uh, specifically women, talking about how, yeah, how not connected or how not sort of an active part of their um, parenting relationship their their male partners are, and um, but yeah, there is a real kind of like, not necessarily my listeners, but. A, a prevalent feeling of they try to help, they get rejected, and then I, I get it that they're like, well, fuck you then. I'm not, not going to be a part yeah. of this. I'm not going to try mm. anymore. I don't do anything right. You don't like the way I do it. Mm. I get yelled at. I get treated like a baby. So, like, fuck this. It's all on you, you know? And, and add to that, to yes and you, if you will. Um, <laughs> You're I, speaking my language. I will say... <laughs> <laughs> I will say that uh, you're talking about forums where women speak about that. I, In creating a forum like that for men, I have not found one dad that didn't feel similarly irritated by the lack of connection. But there's no forum for their, them to actually speak it. Mm -hmm. And what, what happens in our world is it becomes the mom joke of like, I'm just gonna drink my wine, my stupid husband. <laughs> and the dad joke of like, you know, like making fun of himself and like mm -hmm. being goofy to try and get involved in the family or just kind of insulting themselves. Mm -hmm. Like how many dads do we know that do self-deprecating humor? That is not something that comes from a place of love for yourself, mm -hmm. you know? And I feel like we find this problem and then we try and solve it by just talking to dads or by just doing a mom thing. Yeah. Oh yeah, because that's going to solve anything. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? Like it takes two to tango. Like we have to solve the parenting problems with all the parents involved. Yeah. You know? But I've even seen so, in our own Facebook group sometimes there have been dads that come in, uh, dads of all kinds, uh, but specifically stay-at-home dads, and everyone is kind of like, why are you, what are you doing here? Uh, or, or not even really like addressing them even though they're part of that community. Yeah, it, yeah. It, we all have to sort of purposefully shift our perspective. Um, by the way, I wanted to say to our listeners, um, before we were talking a lot about women and their f sort of physical burden of motherhood, and I just wanted to make sure that for our moms who didn't carry uh, a baby in their body, yeah. that you are not... <laughs> you are still a part of that conversation. I was very conscious as we were talking about it that it was like, well, we're only talking about one kind of, uh, you know, motherhood, which is uh, to, to 
carry a baby to term in your own body. But uh, I want to make sure that for all of our other moms out there who have bonus kids, who used a surrogate, who adopted, however you became a mom, just know that you are part of the conversation, even if we're not specifically addressing, uh, you know, how you came to motherhood. Just know that you're always in my mind. I want to make sure you know that. Yes. Thank you for saying that. I wish that I had said that too. <laughs> and I mean, like, Amy ironically, just saying that you sounded just like me when I said it. I mean, I think that you two, as comedians and as just as as individuals, are extremely open-minded, and yet even and I I I'd like to think I'm open-minded, and yet all of us still fall into the the kind of tropes of like you know people married to opposite gender, you know, with kids. You know, we just did an interview with um, a mom who transitioned to dad when mom becomes mm-hmm. dad. And just hearing her story, I've never talked to someone who is a mom and a dad. <gasps> We've you know, never had hearing a trans parent oh, that we was know a fascinating, of on, uh, fascinating our, interview. Oh, yeah. Oh, wow. I would love to speak but to But it was someone. like, yeah. at the end of the day, I think that everyone falls into these patterns and they speak from their experience but the problem is that we need to be hearing from a larger multitude of people's yes, experience right. right you can't be right for someone for not speaking to their experience but but i do think ironically no matter what your situation was of how your baby came into the world they're in our society yes. is a primary and secondary someone yes. has to carry the mental load maybe it's the nanny and both parents are the secondary but no matter what the dynamic is we have to do a shift as a mm-hmm. society yeah. to make everyone feel equal parts. Yeah, it, It's the only way to create a happier home and happier marriages. And ha- It's not just about the kid. And there's know? such a cultural expectation. I know that for my husband and myself, I wanted so much for us to be equal partners in every way when it came to parenthood and having a home. And there were sort of all these these it was all kind of crushed under this tidal wave of cultural expectation as well as just the sort of natural things that seem to happen after after going through uh pregnancy and and giving birth and there was a sort of natural like um oh well you do sort of need to stay home because you need to you know, whatever, recover from that experience or, you know, uh, or I can't get far away from this baby because they rely on me for sustenance or whatever. Like there was a weird sort of biological way that it did it as well. But culturally, I feel like there are, I'm sure you have experienced this. People probably are like, oh, you babysitting today and stuff like that. Like, no, bitch, I'm parenting today, Uh, you know? And I'm the primary. Yeah. And I work. You know what I mean? Like, I just, it, it's not, I don't do it because, like, my wife sucks. My wife is fucking awesome. Right. I do it because it comes naturally right. to yeah. me. And that's, and whoever it comes more naturally to often takes it on. Yeah. But it's like, I think that so often people, it's like the answer is simple in so many ways. And yet we, we fight it. You know, like, I think that just as women feel that burden men feel like they can't take paternity leave like it's poo poo mm-hmm. as we saw from mm-hmm. you know the recent <gasps> that's stuff right with, what's his name presidential Buttigieg. candidate Pete Buttigieg Pete Buttigieg, um, Buttigieg listeners who took uh, paternity leave recently mm-hmm. and the media was like oh pardon me Mr. Mom yeah. it was like really negative and weird like don't we want to encourage dads to bond with their kids and 
be there for their co-parent it's so weird yeah. and that's the thing like if if you're there is no way to avoid the biology aspect of motherhood right you just can't if for those that give natural birth or like whatever kind of birth it is strenuous and exhausting and there's physical and there's there's a connection there what more can be done than the dad actually taking paternity mm. leave like how are you going to get in there and not only yeah. help your wife, but bond with your baby. If you're not taking the time to do it, you can't just keep working and think, you know, this is naturally going to happen. That's a myth. Yeah. You yeah. have to work at it. Well, and in the case and I think of it's, it's up to everyone. Pete Buttigieg and his husband, right? Like, I, I don't know. I don't know how their kid came to be if, if they adopted or had a surrogate or whatever. But yeah, you can't just throw a baby in the mix and then have everybody just go back to work. And like, <laughs> right. yeah. it's so wild. Like, of course, you need <laughs> yeah. to take some time and bond with your baby and learn how to shift into this new chapter of your life. Like, that's not crazy or selfish or effeminate or uh, that's just that's wild yeah and you have to learn like the new i think the biggest thing that people forget is like paternity paternity leave i think it's more about like recreating the scope of work for your relationship like you went from business you went from romantic partners to getting married and like legally becoming business partners <laughs> and then all of a sudden you're like you have you you literally have created a product you know, and like you have, you are, you are in a different third element when the baby comes yeah. out. And like Laura and I, I made us do like a scope of work, like a consultant would do with a new company. Like, what's each of our scope of work? Because it's like we, like we each need to feel that we have responsibilities, but also it's crucial that we each have responsibilities so one doesn't feel more overburdened yeah. than the other. And, and we're communicating. I feel like everyone just thinks it's going to naturally fall into place. No, but these are choices. Yeah, yeah, parenthood, in my experience, it breaks you apart. It's like the Big Bang. It's like you you explode into a million different little pieces. Yes. And yes. then you spend years just pulling those pieces back and sort of recreating yourself from those from those disparate broken off pieces. And but it's yeah. always gonna be different. You're gonna be shaped different. You're gonna come back as a different person you have to be because you have been reshaped by this experience um and, the, and, it, and the it's only not people just moms it's dads too yes and the only people who run into that major issue betsy that you're talking about with reshaping is the ones who refuse to reshape yes because we all know the parents were like no this is who i am exploded exactly. into a million pieces this is who i am this is who i've always been and it's like you have to be willing to evolve it's the only way you can survive parenthood and that also means evolving in your in your relationship with your partner yeah you know? and and again culturally we also have to recognize that people change and people are evolving when they become parents that they don't just yeah. bounce back right or you know oh she took a, a week of maternity leave and now she's back and it's like nothing happened like why are we yeah. evaluating <laughs> that that's so far exactly yeah. <sighs> well um Kev, please tell us uh, tell us where to find you online. Uh, tell us uh, how we can hear your work and see your work and all that stuff. Um, we are, if you go to dadidliketofriend.com, um, it will take you to directly on your device to whatever listening platform is best for you. Or you could find us, the Dilf Podcast or Dad I'd Like to Friend, um, anywhere where you look for podcasts. Um, and I just, uh, 
I I hope I it's become a very helpful platform to moms. And I think a lot of moms uh, at first are like, oh, well, I have to get my husband to listen. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think that it's important for moms to know, like, it's not going to help if just your husband mm. listens. It's not really going to make a change. Like, it's important that we all get involved in this in order to kind of break society's um, stereotypes yeah. because we have that power. We can break them if we all kind of change it together and and everything will change and all of a sudden the brands will start supporting it and i feel like people will feel less overburdened you know and i'm working on my first book that hopefully will be out soon and it's just at the end of the day um i am a dad and i'm here to stay (laughs) and i I hope that you will give us a chance i I think also like what is so wonderful about your podcast is that it's it's like opening up um uh, a way to ask for help on both ends and way to that's really yeah. that's really great because I think that like there is a thing where dads feel like they can't ask for m- more of interaction and moms don't feel like, we don't feel like we can ask for more help um yeah so yeah yeah Amy where can people follow you oh god um well I'm gonna be on Sherman Way today in the valley <laughs> Um, <laughs> you know what, though? This won't go out for about a week. So I guess tell them where you're going to be geographically in one oh, week. Okay, in one week. I'll definitely be crying at my house. Um, uh, I'm an. <laughs> what? What? Um, uh, I, uh, at uh, Amy Albert Cobb. Uh, I'm, I sporadically post. Come on over. <laughs> <laughs> what? What an invitation. Uh, I want to remind everybody, if you have a shit show, to please call us or uh, email it to us. It doesn't have to be long. It doesn't have to be perfect. Just send it on over. Maybe add some paragraph breaks. I'd be uh, happy about that. Um, But uh, I want to be able to do some more listener episodes, especially with Amanda Allen. So uh, if you want to hear more episodes with Amanda, then I need you to send in your shit show so we can make it happen. Because her kids, her kids don't want her to talk about them anymore. <gasps> um, so that's how we're gonna solve that, okay, everybody? So let's make this a team effort. If you like Why Mommy Drinks and you want to support the show, please go to Apple Podcasts, rate us five stars, and leave us a glowing review. Check out our sponsors and the Why Mommy Drinks Patreon. Follow and like Why Mommy Drinks on Instagram, Twitter, and Facebook. Join our Facebook group. Also, I want to hear what broke you. So email me your shit shows or leave a message on our hotline. Copy with your shit show. 424-279-884. Copy with your shit show. 424-279-884. Copy with your shit show. 424-279-8842. And all of this information is in the written description of this episode. Uh, thank you so much for coming on the show, Amy and Kevin. I really appreciate you. Um, Thank you for having me. Uh, Kevin, you are doing a yeah. great job. You're doing a great I, job. I hope you know that. You're doing an amazing job. Thank you. Yeah. That's very sweet. Thank you. And Amy, so are you. You're doing a great Thank job. Thank you, my love. You are also I'm, doing a great job. I think we need to say that more to every parent yep. we see. Right? 100%. Yes. When you see someone out in the world struggling, don't forget to tell them that they are doing a great job. Mm-hmm. Big time. Mm-hmm. Well, dear friends, if you find yourself uh, 
being a helicopter husband or <laughs> living in a nightmare hoarder house with a futon and a bed frame in your hallway. <laughs> Or if your child tried to poison you with a sandwich, good Lord, just know that you are doing a great job. My mommy drinks. I'm Brian Husky. I'm bald. And I'm Charlie Sanders, and I'm also bald. And we host Bald Talk on the Campfire Media Network. Bald Talk is the podcast where two bald comedians talk to anyone bald about being bald. But this show isn't just for baldies, Brian. Harrows will love it, too. Bald Talk gets into vulnerability, vanity, insecurity, and self-acceptance, reminding us that we all have our respective bald spots. Not that bald spots are a bad thing. No way. I mean, my entire head is one big bald spot. It is one huge, beautiful bald spot, Charlie. Get Bald Talk on Apple Podcasts or wherever you get your podcasts. I mean, I I have like a little bit of hair, but not like you. Like you're really bald. I'm truly bald. Great. I mean, it's I'm great. balder than it. you. You are balder than me. Only on Bald Talk. Campfire. <laughs>